I'm Scott Galloway, and you're listening to 1K, the 1,000-second podcast. Every podcast is entertainment-focused and interview-driven. At the end of that time, we're done. 1K is affiliated with the 100 Words Film Festival and powered by Ortho Carolina. Let's put 1,000 seconds on the clock. Our guest today is a costume designer and costume maker from Hollywood, California. She's worked on programs like Arrested Development, Jimmy Kimmel, and the Oscars. She's also worked on everything from feature films to The Muppets and Crank Yankers, and she's clothed one particularly large human being. More on that later. She is Lisa Davis. Lisa, welcome. Hi. Hi. Well, let's start with you. I'm going to give you the opportunity to promote a little bit what you do. Tell me the importance of being a costume designer. We add a lot to the story in a very subtle way. If we've done our job right, you don't really think about what we did until later on. We help create characters. We help you know when your story is taking place and where, and maybe what you should think about that person. And not so subtly. I mean, when you look at a movie poster, you see the actor, and then you see that they're enrobed. Is that the word? Yes. Or- <laughs> we, we, we visually set the scene. We tell the story without words. Do you have any stories where like a costume design or outfit has helped an actor with a particular scene? I designed a movie called Heaven's Fall uh, a number of years ago, and Lily Sobieski was one of the leads. And there was one dress, actually, that I had made for her. Her character was not a wealthy character in the 30s. So you can imagine, like, not great clothes, kind of layers, not really what Hollywood actors with lovely shapes wear. So in the end, like, she had left me a little note. Thank you so much. These horrible, frumpy clothes really got me into that character, which is actually a great compliment. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I looked so dumpy. I felt the part. <laughs> That's great. Sometimes it's about the details. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked on a costume for the fourth season of Arrested Development, which was the Thing costume. And my friend Robin Sims had, had done some work. We made it out of sponges, like car wash sponges. So she was carving away on these sponges and painting away all these things. This was September, and it, the costume wasn't needed till November. And... We, we had to throw it together at the last minute because suddenly something changed in production and we might see it. Can you throw one together? Now, this is the night. It's 11 o'clock at night. We get this call. We're literally out having margaritas because it's my birthday. Can okay. you come in at 7 tomorrow and throw this together? Okay. So who's for, this for? Who's for the David actor? Cross. Okay. Um, Tobias. Tobias. Okay. Character. But he was supposed to have been like living on Hollywood Boulevard and kind of matted down by this point. So we had to make it nice and then distress it down. So one of the parts of distressing you, there's pieces of gum in there. We we found we literally found a cigarette butt in in an ashtray and glued that into the costume. And wow. apparently when it went to set, he's putting it on where he looked and he notices this cigarette butt and, and just apparently cracked up and sent a message back. Like, please tell him thank you. This is terrific. Like just that little detail of, you know, the cigarette bud. Yes, of <laughs> this is what his life had become, and just yeah. that attention to detail was was really nice. All right, I want to pull back the clothes here a little bit. Um, I'm guessing there's some secrets to what you do. Can you share some of the secrets of your business? There are many secrets. If you wonder why people on TV look so amazing, it's because there's nothing that's touched their body that probably has not been altered or tweaked in some way. Even basic T-shirts, we take them in, we hem them, we shorten them. We make them fit. We dye them to be just the right color. We hem everything. Uh, for for women, uh, a lot of form-fitting pants. You mm. wonder why why can they wear those pants and they look terrific, and I put them on and all I see is pockets on my butt and across my thighs. That's because we sew the pockets shut and cut all the pockety part out. 
Ah. Um, there, there are sometimes multiple layers of Spanx, Spanx. double Spanx. I don't know how people do that, but oh, they do. The double Spanx. Double Spanx. Well, the single Spanx oh. looks pretty constraining. Do you ever cross over into the male gender? There is actually a product for men that is Spanx. There, there are man Spanx. We call them Manx. You know, that product, I think, could take off. I think that could be a billion-dollar industry. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I do think maybe some more people should look into the yes. man spanks on a daily basis. Yes. You, you got to come up with a name, though, for it. If you had the right name, like firm. Oh, my gosh. Men's spanks called firm. I would. Are you firm? I think. Oh. Okay. I mean, are you firm? Yes. There you go. There we go. There Great tagline. Go. Um, do, they, do they ever lie about their measurements? Always. Always. Actors who are, are professional enough to actually know their measurements are then smart enough to lie about them. Men will always lie about their height. Women will usually lie about their, their, the size of, of their clothes. Uh, I'm a four. You might fit into a four, but you shouldn't be wearing it. Are there any material considerations? Um, yes. I, I always have to ask people what, if they have any allergies, and 90% of people will say they're allergic to wool. Okay. They are not allergic to wool. They are, might be sensitive to wool. It's scratchy. Nobody likes wool. We know. We know. Um, I, I think very few people are straight up allergic I learned the hard way, well, I asked if you had allergies, didn't say it, turned out to be allergic to latex. So when we put a large latex mask over this guy's head, he comes back five minutes later all red and blotchy. I, I don't think I can wear this. No, I don't think you can. <laughs> what, 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 was, what was he putting latex on his head for? It, it, was, a, it was a big rubber Halloween mask oh, okay. kind of thing. Okay. Um, so... He was the the lead character on a, a live streaming event. So uh, I had to remake a, a whole werewolf head in about four hours. So That was latex-free? Yes. What's the alternative to latex? There was another head that I had that was um, just kind of like fur and plastic structure. Okay. And so I literally just stripped everything off of it. Luckily, I had some hot glue, some leather, and some fur, and I just did some hot glue art. Had some acrylics, throw that on there, and made him a new head mask in in four hours. Wow! So is that that seems to me that's got to be one of the big challenges you're dealing with in a creative business with creative people with considerations that they don't fully understand. Is that one? <laughs> is is it a time thing for you? Is that the biggest challenge you have? Time is always one of the biggest challenges. Budget and time are are the two evils <laughs> that you're working yeah. against or with. You just learn to make the best choices you can in the time that you have. And that's what you get a lot. Uh, all the you plan and plan for month and months and all these things, and nine times out of ten, it comes down to this crazy ten-minute whirlwind of, oh my God, that doesn't work. We need this. Chop that in half. Throw that on there. Glue. It. Okay. All right. There it goes. It's on set. Bye. And you're like, <laughs> okay. Uh, uh. <laughs> that's really nothing we ever talked about, but there it is, and yeah. that's what's going on camera forever. <laughs> Do you ever get used to that? Yeah. Yeah. You you learn to not be precious about. Yeah. About things. So, it's so ephemeral what you do. It, yeah, it's sometimes it's disappointing, but you know, you, you've got a movie to make, and yeah. if everybody else is, seems happy with it, you're like, oh, okay, I did my job. We're moving on, and you move on because right. that's what you have time for. Well, I want to talk about you in the movie business. One of your first big movies was with a guy named First, Stephen First, who a lot of people know as Kent Dorfman from Animal House, aka Flounder. Flounder yes. What was what was that like? What did you learn from him? I enjoyed working with Steven so much because he was very low-key and just very funny and very approachable. Like, we just—we we became friends. We would hang out. The first meeting I had with him, I, I had read the script, and I did these breakdowns, and I was excited and nervous to meet him. And I actually did drawings and brought them, and we're going through things. And he looked at me and said, no one has ever done sketches for anything I've worked on. I'm thinking, 
is that good or is that bad? (laughs) I don't know. Once we got onto set, it was definitely a work and a job and to be taken seriously, but you should have fun while you're doing it. Like, nobody should be crying over anything. Like, there shouldn't be... There shouldn't be any of that kind of drama. Like, it's fun. It's a movie. We had some very funny dinners when we were working in uh, Massachusetts on a film called Title to Murder. It was a small town, and it was sort of October, so it was off-season. So really nothing was going on. A lot of things were closed up. There were no tourists. Um, And, you know, you're hungry for dinner. You've been filming for 12 hours. You want to eat. Um, the only thing open nearby was a, a strip club, ah. but they had food, so we went. Five hundred seconds. So I find myself sitting in this strip club with Stephen First, Maureen McCormick, Christopher Atkins. Wait, let's from... break that down really quick. So that's okay. Flounder, Flounder, Marsha Brady, and the kid who swam around the Blue Lagoon. Yes. And, and strippers. The... Yes. Wow, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha! What, and what, <laughs> what, what was going through? And that sounds so surreal. That that really happened. It was probably the weirdest moment of my life, but it was also really fun. It was just a fun group of people, and it's just a very strange set of circumstances. <laughs> I'm like, here we are having dinner. Wow. <laughs> um, well, you had shared right before we did this podcast that Christopher Atkins has a certain uh, affinity for life that makes him perhaps a little bit difficult to work with. Can you tell us a little bit about what Christopher likes to to do, or in this case, not do? I haven't seen him in, in many years, but when we work together, it, he he is a nudist. He has no problem sharing that information with people. Um, We're just and right he's out of very the blue. tan. Just look at him; like he he's just he's a very easygoing guy. Yeah, um, apparently, but, he, <laughs> but he's very professional. So he would always come to fittings, and he'd be for, sure to show me right at his waistband. He's like, "See, I wore my boxers," and like. These are the ones with the frogs, or look, I wore the heart boxers. I do it just for you, you know, but professional, so professional. Like, because he wore underpants. Because you know you're supposed to wear underwear, even though clearly in your life you don't want to. That's fine. That's great. He's but, committed. I, I think yes. that's terrific. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any alteration stories you can share? I, I recently was on a, a sitcom for Nickelodeon, and there was a, like an Elvis-style jumpsuit. Uh-huh. And it was built for somebody who's about six feet tall, six two, and the actor it was going on was under five feet tall. Wow. This is a rental. We're not allowed to cut anything out of a rental. Oh. And I'm looking at this and it's got, you know, studs all over it. I pulled the zipper out of the front. I took a whole bunch out of the torso. And then I folded up gobs and gobs in the sleeves and the legs and made it happen. He could wear it. It worked. It went to rehearsal. It came back. The legal people said, not going to fly. Can't use it. What? Yep. Oh, wait. So here's who's casting an Elvis who's under five feet tall. He was a regular actor, but really, uh, they, wow. they they didn't they didn't want any issues with with the estate, and and that made sense. Yeah. So you know, here we come back to don't get precious about your your costumes. Oh, I'm so uh, sorry. Let it go. Move on. It all worked out. They they liked what they had. So I understand you work with Jimmy Kimmel. What what are some of your favorite projects to do for him? When I go work on Kimmel, there's new stuff every day because yeah. it's sketch comedy. There's, you know, what's happening in the news today? Okay, we suddenly need, you know, Kim five Jong-un. of these. Or, yeah. Y- yes. It's very fast. It's very last minute. So you got to turn it around fast. Right. <laughs> How did you get connected to Jimmy Kimmel? Jimmy Kimmel was one of the producers and one of the puppet voices for Crank Anchors. Oh, yeah, the series on Comedy Central. Yes. Yeah. And I started working on that on the second season. Okay. And it was still a pretty small production at that point. When I first started on that show, they had a little production meeting that I went to, 
And leading this production meeting was Jimmy Kimmel and Adam Carolla. Wow. <laughs> and and they would occasionally just look around the room while they're talking about the stuff they're supposed to talk about and seemed a little bored with. And they'd point to somebody and say, you, you're fired. And they'd go on with their meeting. And it was just, it was kind of hilarious. Wait, but were they serious? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was just for fun. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Okay, good. But uh, so I was making puppet clothes and eventually puppets for that show. Okay. The, the difference between working with an actor and a foam actor. The foam actors never gain weight and they never complain. And you and you can put pins in them. Nice. So three three wins right there. Three wins. We had a, a puppet that would projectile vomit, so there was a lot of moisture involved, uh, a, a character called the Buppy. And sometimes it was my job to wash out and clean said puppet, and eventually we had to rebuild this puppet. And when we took him all apart, uh, he was just moldy and a gross A lot of inside. GI problems. Wow. Yeah. You know what was great is that when you said that, you didn't laugh. We had to build Buppy, <laughs> the vomiting puppet. That's incredible. There are many things I've learned to say with a straight face in the puppet world that you realize sometimes you're at lunch and you talk about these things and you yeah. look around and people have horrified expressions on their face. <laughs> so when you, when you make a puppet, what are the, like the physical concerns? Hand? Forearm? The size of the puppeteer's hand and especially the size of their forearm because mm. they hold their arm up so much. The more they puppeteer, the more they build up their forearm. Like Popeye. They have freakishly large forearms. It's, wow. it's a bizarre little trait of puppet people. They have many bizarre traits, but that's my favorite. <laughs> um, speaking of bizarrely large, this is actually a great segue, one of my best segues in a while. It's my understanding that you built, clothed, created an outfit for one of the larger seconds. people on the planet, and you never met this person. In the last year and a half, made not one, but two costumes for Shaquille O'Neal. We've never met. <laughs> I've never gotten to go to set with either of these costumes. Um, well, was, if you haven't met him, how do you know what to do? I mean, <laughs> I, mean I know you got to go, hey, I need a lot of material. I mean, how do you, <laughs> start how do you make it you start there? And then where do you go? I mean, how did you do it? I looked up the size <laughs> of his foot on the internet, and then I drew it out on paper, and I looked at it. And I'm like, I'm just going to make this a little bigger. Um, I did a, a, a walkabout, a, like a character costume for him for a Maroon 5 video. He okay. was this giant purple beast with some yellow whatever. And so basically I had his height and I had his foot size. And somebody had managed to get a couple other basic measurements on him. And so I just have to use my working knowledge of human anatomy and proportion. I, I actually took some – I had some pictures of him next to other people like, like Jimmy Kimmel who I know who, what his sizes are. And I could look at the picture and find proportions to figure out maybe what that measurement should be. Unbelievable! It, it was a lot of math and science, which people used to tell me I wasn't good at. Ha! <laughs> fooled you. And so, yeah, so all I know is that that one went to set, and I never heard much about it, so it must have been okay. So you've never <laughs> seen him in the purple outfit? Never saw him in real life in that okay. outfit. And then um, he was one of the people in for a Jimmy Kimmel a skit for his 50th birthday, Jimmy's okay. 50th birthday. So we were kind of scuttled away off-site so Jimmy wouldn't know what we were doing. But but Shaq, he was in that skit. And so we had to make a giant superhero costume for him, all this spandex and whatnot. 100 oh, seconds. That's a oh, lot of spandex. Everybody's a little worried about that. I'm like, wait, wait, I have his measurements in my phone. <laughs> so I dug up some old information, and here we were again, you know. Clothing and, Shaq. And I, so I had, a better, I had a better idea this time of, of, of what scale he was going to be. Now, did you see that work? Did you ever see Shaq in that I outfit? saw it in the finished. And I it, did not see him in it in real life. But it so. it worked. We're like ships that pass in the night, yes. We, <laughs> I, I, I've got his back. He has no idea who I am. <laughs> <laughs> You've got more than his back. <laughs> 
his foot, his arm, whatever. All right, Lisa, so we're just about to a minute left, and this is the speed round. Are you ready? I'm ready. 60 seconds. Okay. What's the most fun material to work with? Warbler. What? It's a thermoplastic, and you can make it do anything you want, and then you can paint it or drill through it. It's awesome. I believe you. What actor would you love to design a costume for that you haven't yet? Sandra Bullock, because she's in it for the funny. Okay. Who's the most underrated Muppet? Scooter. Oh, I agree. That's my nickname. (laughs) Um, You worked on Hannah Montana. Very, very deep question here. 2008 Miley Cyrus or 2018 Miley Cyrus? 30 seconds. Ooh. 2008. If you lost a bet and you had to wear one of your costumes in public for a day, what would be (laughs) the worst option? The swamp thing I made for the young person's guide to history. What's the most impressive movie costume you've ever seen? Uh, I think a a great costume was Cinderella from the recent movie, 18 Layers of Skirt, people. Excellent, excellent answer. Do you relate at all to the movie The Phantom Thread? (laughs) No. (laughs) Thanks for listening to 1K, powered by Ortho Carolina. If you like our show, please share it with a friend, leave us a review, and subscribe. Special thanks to producer Jordan Snyder, music by Jason Hausman. I'm your host, Scott Galloway. We'll be back in your feed with a new episode next week. That's just 604,800 seconds away.